you know, one day we can get some sort of uh, like a button or something, a red, a red light. We'll get a button. A red button that you can, we can put it on, on somewhere out there or down there. You can just say on air and then everybody knows when broadcasting is happening. Very professional. It's important. Uh, I have a little coffee here today. Uh, delicious. Yes. I was trying to put my SIM card in this phone here. We have a lot to talk about today, but I, this is just, I got to get this off my chest real quick. I was trying to put my SIM card in this phone right here. Well, I wasn't trying. I mean, that's the easy part to put the SIM card in because I was like, let me, let me give it a crack. Yeah. Whole new company, whole new brand, whole new product. Let me give it a crack. Let me give it a one, two. Uh-huh. We give it a chance. And uh, I can't get Google Pay to work because I'm in there. I'm setting it up, and that's a must for me. Like for my main sim, I gotta can't be doing this two phone thing. So you're talking about the nothing phone one? I'm talking about the nothing phone one. Okay. The phone that every everyone is talking about since yesterday, I guess. Did so, the unboxing of the white and the black model, and uh, transferred all my information over. Took took a while, was basically ready to go. And then I started to head into individual apps and couldn't get Google Pay to work. It, uh, the device is not Play Protect certified. And there, there is a way to self-register a device. What's it saying to me right now? Tell us, tell us which device should have. Oh, that's Google Assistant. Um... Where you can submit the idea of the device directly to Google in order to get it Play Protect certified. And this is so that um, there's no security risk with using it for payments specifically. So what will happen is you can open Google Pay, but then when you go to not even add your card, but just to enable contactless payments with the cards that are already in your account, uh, it'll say this device is not supported for payments. And you made your NS. T or NFC was NFC is enabled. Everything's enabled. Um, I messaged Carl. He didn't message back yet. Carl, help me out here, or somebody over there, Melissa. I don't know. Somebody help me out here. Uh, or maybe, like I was saying to you, is it's probably because it's an early build and sure. Uh, Google doesn't know. Google thinks it's some sort of custom ROM or something like that, but. Well, there's a review embargo on this. I'm not even really supposed to be talking about it right now. So, oh, you did. I guess that's, that that happened, but I didn't review it. It. I guess I should put the disclaimer in there that the software is not final. Yeah. So that doesn't mean if you get it that obviously Google Pay is going to work if you get it, but I may have to wait for the next software update for mm-hmm. before I can daily it. Like I can obviously use it and goof around with it. Yeah. In the meantime, because it had a software update right out the box, but this is commonplace stuff for unreleased devices so i wouldn't read too much into it at this moment but i'm gonna try to daily drive the nothing phone as soon as possible when it can do the things all the things that i need to be doing i too as well you too as well yeah it's very much <laughs> you, you uh, need to be paying for things am i am i right yeah for sure i, I have to carry almost every day i know i'm carrying a wallet and i mean i guess i could do i guess for the purpose of testing it i could probably do that in the meantime carry my wallet around but it's been annoying yeah anyway uh speaking of the uh, comparisons nothing phone a lot of people compared it to the uh, iphone 
They say it's a lot like the iPhone. Oh, is it? It's probably very intentional. Yeah. I'm I'm I feel safe in saying so at this point that it's intentionally like the iPhone. People are comfortable with the iPhone, iPhone market leader. It's like the iPhone with a few tweaks on there, running Android. Okay. If if it weren't for like what would you say is the iPhone of Android phones? Probably Samsung? Yeah. Probably Samsung. But Samsung's design language right now is quite a bit different than what Apple's doing on iPhone. Mm. You look at like an S22 Ultra, it's kind of its own thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe those people over there, nothing that they, they said, well, what about people coming from an iPhone, thinking about switching over? What about people who want, want to have an iPhone but have this budget or whatever? I think it's very intentional. Yeah. Samsung kind of moving away from that iPhone-esque appearance, at least on that model, S22 Ultra. Mm. Anyway, uh, this story caught my attention. I guess it's a couple of days old at this point. iPhone sales ban. iPhone sales ban. That's pretty intense. The word ban. In Colombia, more countries likely to follow. Get the hell out of here. What are you talking about? Uh, it has to do with Ericsson. Remember the company Ericsson? Uh-huh. Well, they got a lot of these patents on the 5G stuff. And ever since the iPhone went 5G, Ericsson's been doing some policing because Apple didn't want to pay the astronomical fees that uh, uh, Ericsson is owed uh, because of, because of uh, these patents. Mm. So they would license the ability to use those patents if they get paid and Apple said, Hey, it's too much. Ericsson has been seeking an iPhone sales ban in multiple countries due to 5g patent infringements and has now succeeded in obtaining the first of these in Colombia. The ban applies to the iPhone 12, 13 and iPad pro models with 5g capabilities. Well, 5g capabilities, pretty much everything in the future. Ericsson's accusing Apple of infringing its patents in respect of the 5g chips used in the current iPhones because Apple used to pay royalty fees for the use of the patented tech, but then failed to renew the licenses when they expired. It's believed that Apple was hoping to negotiate a better deal for the 5G licenses after earlier reaching an agreement on 2G, 3G, and 4G patented technology. But then things got heated when Apple sued Ericsson in December of last year, claiming that the Swedish company violated FRAND terms, international law requiring standards, essential patents, technology without which it is impossible to make a smartphone, on terms which were fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory. In other words, Apple claimed that Ericsson was charging too much for the patent license fees. Well, in this case, you have a country, not a huge market for Apple, but you have a country setting a precedent saying, Nana, you're, you're breaking the deal over there with Ericsson. Well, we're not too, not our business if, it was a, if it's a fair deal or not a fair deal. They've got the patent. And... Uh, Apple is currently unable to sell 5G iPhones and iPads in Colombia or import them into the South American country. And Apple must warn and communicate with shops, retailers, owners of social media platforms, mass media, and e-commerce platforms within the territory of Colombia in order to ensure compliance. So not just no new iPhones, not just officially coming from Apple, but also all the other ways in which messages via Apple are communicated, their products are sold, and so forth. Now, Apple obviously goes, goes back uh, and they do their own legal actions. They're still working on their legal, legal thing and they're not uh, in the meantime. Yeah, there you go. Apple is pursuing, scroll up a little bit. 
Apple is pursuing a different legal tactic applying in the U.S. for damages against Ericsson for the, its loss of revenue in Colombia. So then they go back and say, hey, we would have sold this many units in Colombia. And we believe we're right and you're wrong. You're going to pay us for that difference. Legal proceedings. It's all roundabout. It's all crazy. But even though those devices weren't sold, anyhow. But the, the big part here, because Colombia is just a small market for Apple, is whether or not any other country, any other country's legal system follows suit and uh, would also, I guess, at some point affect Apple's bottom line if it's the wrong countries and then they may have to negotiate. But in the meantime, it's like, they're like, Colombia, yeah, we can deal with that. Mm-hmm. But you start getting, I don't know, maybe you get Brazil in there. Oh. I don't know what you do. You That's get it. Time. I don't know. You just pile a few of them up, and then maybe Apple say, "Or we'll pay." I don't know. Maybe we'll pay. We'll pay. Let's let's negotiate. Okay. Let's negotiate. As they do. How about this? An Apple Watch Pro, which could cost as much as an iPhone 13 Pro. There is no Pro in Watchland uh, for Apple. I haven't been a huge fan of the Apple Watch, not because it does anything wrong, not because it's not nice. It is nice, but because of battery life. I just, I just can't get in a habit, man. I don't know what it is. I just can't. I've tried. I got them lying around. I just, I can't get in the habit with the Apple Watch. It's not, it's no criticism. I wish I could. Can you turn off some features? Or I turn use? them all off. I got notifications. I got it off. But when I heard the word pro, I was like, well, maybe you got a bigger watch, which I like already. And that lets you put a bigger battery and maybe you can solve this big issue I have, which is uh, the way my watch habit currently works, which is sometimes I wear them, sometimes I don't, and I love it when I reach for one and it has a little battery life left. That's my watch habit. That's the way I interface. I'm not saying that it's the right way. I'm not saying that uh, it's anybody's fault but mine, but that's just the way that I reach for them. Well, if they do a pro model, there's a couple things you can do. You can probably make a design that I'm more interested in. It could be an extreme sports model with a larger display, a two-inch screen, which is a little bit bigger than the current 1.9-inch. It will have a higher price, obviously. They're saying the price here, rumors via Mark Gurman, the price could be as much as an iPhone 13 Pro, so 1000 bucks, which is a bit much. Some, some potential names for a device like this, Apple Watch Extreme, Apple Watch Max, and Apple Watch Explorer Edition. Which of those do you like? Which name? Hmm. Give oh. me the Explorer. Oh, what about Pro? I didn't put no, Pro. I, I skipped Pro. I don't want that. You're done with Pro. Yeah. Let's but, try something new. But you have the MacBook Pro. You have the 13 Pro. Don't you need the Watch Pro? Yeah, for consistency's mm. sake. I get it. It's clean. I like Explorer. Give me that one. Yeah. So it'll have a 46-millimeter or 47-millimeter screen. That's the metric conversion. It'll be more shatter-resistant than the Series 8, and the case will be made from premium non-aluminum metal. Titanium, the likely choice. Uh, a little added durability. Titanium is cool. I got no problems with that. So we may seeing, be seeing a new, even more premium tier of the watch. Of course, you'll have a number of models to choose from starting at like 279 bucks for the SE version of the Apple Watch Next Generation. So you're not going to have to get this $1,000 one, but 
it exists. It may exist. It will exist. The rumor is it will exist. Mm -hmm. We have some new emoji that came out for both iOS and Android. You're going to have to tell me what your favorite one is here. I was surprised to find out that there was no Wi-Fi emoji prior. And if you scroll down here, you see the Wi-Fi one, but you got to go to the big picture there at the bottom. Yeah, there you go. That wasn't in there before. Just the Wi-Fi bars. Really? Yeah, I don't know how you would use it exactly. There's ginger? I th that's ginger. Oh. Uh, you got uh, peas in a pod. A uh, number of, what are those, high fives, I guess? Sideways high fives? Yeah, they, um, they don't translate well. No, they got a moose. The moose is looking good. Yeah. But uh, probably the most interesting is the shaky head up there in the top left. Uh -huh. Rattled. Uh, you use that when you're rattled? Or what do you do? Uh, shaking no? Is that... I don't think it's a shaky no. For me, it's, it's, it's a... You know how you have the surprised face? This is even more. This right. is like, whoa. You know how when you go, when you go, oh, and you, you're like, whoa, and you actually, there's a little wobble. <laughs> Is that what it means? I don't know. <laughs> you might be right. I don't, I don't know. know. It can mean a lot of things, but you got a wing, a donkey. There's a goose in there. <clears throat> some maracas. Uh, yeah, you got some new emoji. Let, us, let me know what your favorite one is. Netflix partnering with Microsoft for its new ad-supported tier. I can't remember if we were considering the ad-supported tier or not. For Netflix. What was your take on that? No, I would definitely pay full yeah, price. You don't want the ads. Uh, I don't know how surprised people will be by this partner, but because apparently they've partnered together in the past, Microsoft and Netflix. Uh -huh. Microsoft will be the partner for global advertising technology and sales. So they'll be figuring out all these deals with advertisers and they'll be figuring out how to implement it across the platform. And uh, I, I'm guessing that this ad-supported tier is going to be with us sooner than later. Netflix partnering with Microsoft, upcoming ad-supported streaming tier. They announced on Wednesday. Uh, global advertising technology and sales partner. It's very early days. We have much to work through. This is Netflix COO. Our long-term goal is clear. More choice for consumers and a premium better than linear TV brand experience for advertisers. We're excited to work with Microsoft as we bring this new service to life. Now, the reason Microsoft says that they're the best partner for the job is because they say we really take care of your users' privacy and security. Really? Yeah, they're talking that language. They're talking that talk. Starting to sound like Apple over there. No. Satya? They've probably all been saying it now. It's such a hot, such a hot marketing buzz. Today's announcement also endorses Microsoft's approach to privacy, which is built on protecting customers' information. Yeah. The other thing here is that Microsoft can learn something and then potentially bring this technology into their very own free-to-play Xbox games. Mm -hmm. Now, what if you save the 80 bucks, CAD, and you got to watch a couple ads when you boot up the game? What do you say about that? Because that's a big ticket. Go ahead, Will. Not for me. Spoils experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to watch any ads. I don't want to deal with any ads. I'll just pay the full price. Easy there, Will. You know? You're getting carried away over there. Uh, you know. 
talking about paying for all these things. Full ticket. Uh, well, I still think they do need a cheaper subscription because that stuff's getting out of hand. I, I don't mind the options. If a guy like Will and you're balling out of control, you pay for it. So be it. Uh, if you want to watch Stranger Things and you don't want to pay 20 bucks a month, well, you could watch a couple ads. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, there's options. I like the options personally. And it looks uh, it looks maybe like it's a bit closer to being implemented than we may have originally imagined. Netflix and Microsoft teamed up in the past using Silverlight technology for streaming until they figured out HTML5. And actually, the Xbox 360 was the first console with an HD Netflix streaming app. Oh. So they've been together before. Yeah. And here they are together again. Couple favors. I don't know if you heard about the lo-fi girl chilled cow situation. I read about it over the weekend. Yeah, because you're big on this. Um. Yeah. You guys are chatting as well, if I recall. Um, we know each other. Yeah, he, was, he sent over... Not the girl. No, no, no. He <laughs> the sent, creator. Yeah, yeah, the creator. He sent over... Um, I'm trying to remember now. Was it a little figure or was it some headphones? I can't even remember. It was a little doll. Little thing. doll. Yeah. Had like a diorama set too. Hmm. In her room. That's her pretty desk. cool. Yeah. Yeah, you guys were chatting it up. You guys were like Microsoft and Netflix. Yeah. You guys were working we're together. Deal. <laughs> anyway, uh, the reason that that the, that this situation made it to the news here is that the, the channel went down. Oh no! Everyone knows Joe Cow. Everyone knows Lo-Fi. Lo-Fi Girl Channel, famous for the anime-inspired thumbnail, plays relaxing hip-hop music on a loop as a study and sleep aid. On Sunday, its creator announced its radios had been silenced after two years of continuous streaming. Two years, well. I wonder what the reason for the disruption was last time, because I feel like it's been around for more than two years. Um, probably the same, right? Copyright? Must be. Uh, Lo-Fi Girl has built up 10 million subscriber uh, count with all those wonderful chilled out mixes. Mm. And fans went crazy when it went down. Fans said, what? are you, How am I going to fall asleep? How am I going to do this studying how am I going to clean the house? How am I going to, you know, one time I went, uh, I went for a parent teacher meeting in my kids class mm-hmm. and the teacher of that class actually had the lo-fi on just very low, oh. very low. It kind of created a mood in there. And then I talked to the kids and they say, yeah, sometimes if we're doing like the quiet time and if we want it, we put that on. And I said, that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Probably uh, the creator would like to hear something like that. People are putting it to you. So if it goes down and people use it as a utility like that, they're going to notice. And sure enough, it was abusive copyright. And took Google, took YouTube a while to figure it out, get it sorted out, and everything is back now. But it's unfortunate that that tool can be used in that way. So did someone manually flag? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was malicious. And it was unfounded. Who would do such a thing? Come on, man. You've been on the end of some things like this in your in your day. <laughs> yeah, sure. You recall, do you not? Yeah. Stuff goes on, man. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness it's all up and running and it's back and it's all it's time for a brand new streak. And hopefully YouTube keeps a closer eye on this particular channel so it doesn't happen. These type of false claims in the future. 
yeah. this utility the whole the whole internet uses. Mm-hmm. Trump and Elon are uh, going back and forth a little bit. Sloppy. <laughs> Call them sloppy. <laughs> That's pretty rude, isn't it? <laughs> it's a rude term to use. Uh, former president has spent the past few days bashing the billionaire in public. That so they talk about Trump going after Elon. He's been doing it privately for far longer, sources tell Rolling Stone. Uh, the latest one seems to address the backing out of the Twitter deal to a certain extent. So you can see the tweet there. If you click on those images, you can basically figure out all of it. I mean, I'll read it for you. Here's Donald J. Trump via Truth Social. What's funny is whenever the screenshot was taken, the Truth Social message was 22 minutes old it had 524 retruths and 1.7 thousand likes i feel like uh twitter had a lot more engagement for him than uh, his own social media yeah but that's a story for another day so here's what donald j trump has to say about elon musk he says when elon musk came to the white house asking me for help on all of his many subsidized projects whether it's electric cars that don't drive long enough driverless cars that crash or rocket ships to nowhere without which subsidies he'd be worthless and telling me how he was a big Trump fan and Republican, I could have said, drop to your knees and beg and he would have done it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You head over to the next one. He goes, now Elon should focus on getting himself out of this Twitter mess because he could owe 44 billion for something that's perhaps worthless. Also, lots of competition for electric cars, exclamation point. Now, these messages both posted alongside an image of Elon Musk in the White House meeting Donald Trump standing next to him, which is an odd photo in and of itself, postures and so forth, Uh body language, experts, and things like this. Yeah, I I agree. do Do they seem like friends to you in this image? No, not at all. No, not really. Not really equal. Uh, it would be, it's, it's a concerning photo, but I think when in the president's office or whatever, there's probably so many awkward photos that have been created in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this is all that uh, unusual. Now, the, the thing was, Elon actually replied to it with a couple of LOLs and talking about the irony and, and so on and so forth. But it's kind of interesting. You know, Trump gets booted from twitter creates his own social platform elon gets down the road as far as acquiring twitter which Mm -hmm. could have meant something for trump that was the conversation like oh he comes back because maybe elon yeah allows it and then that deal falls through and now we're dealing with this and and uh these two are ready for royal rumble or something Mm -hmm. they're ready for wwe they're ready to sign a deal like logan paul oh boy uh, apparently, Meta is preparing for mass layoffs after one of nice. the worst downturns in recent history. Uh, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg warned employees during Q&A session earlier this month that the company has experienced one of, the, one of the worst downturns it has seen in recent history. It previously said that it's slowing its hiring this year, but it was at that session when Meta revealed that it's slashing its target number of new engineers hires by about 30%. He also announced at the time that Meta is going to raise expectations on its employees and giving them a more aggressive goals. Here's the quote from Zuckerberg. 
I think some of you might decide that this place isn't for you and that self-selection is okay with me. Realistically, there are probably a bunch of people at the company who shouldn't be here. Yeesh. <laughs> I mean, it's funny how you can say those things when your company is enormous like that. Yeah, he realizes it's not a startup anymore, right? If if you have a if you have a small group, if you're talking to a small group, that's ins- an insane thing. Like, to, well, it's not insane, but it's it's very intimidating. Realistically, there's a bunch of people at this company who shouldn't be here. A bunch? What is a bunch? Uh huh. That fifty? Is that five hundred? Yeah. What is that? And then you're sitting there. You got your job, and uh-huh. like, man, I don't know. I don't know if he's is he talking to me. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm doing good work. Is he talking to me? The social network metaverse company started preparing to cut costs due to weak revenue forecasts a few months ago, even going uh, so far as to ax some of its metaverse initiatives. They claim that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has hurt their revenue. Also, that they're expecting to lose $10 billion in revenue uh, because of the change in Apple's privacy policies. Ten billion from one little Apple just checks a box. Ten billion, uh-huh. a ten billion dollar. Would you like to see uh-huh. personalized ads anymore? Ten billion? Nope. No, thank you. Although every time I talk to you guys, you and Mo and everyone else, you're like, I love the, in- the ads on Instagram. It's the best part. <laughs> the ads are so good. I love the ads on Instagram. It's really why I'm on there. I'm like, what? What's going on here? Because. <laughs> You're talking about ads everywhere else. I'm talking about Netflix ads yeah, I know. and this and that. You're saying absolutely not. But, but they then actually work. On Instagram, on Instagram, you guys want all the ads. So maybe Zuckerberg's honest. Maybe he'll recover. Who knows? Hopefully. Uh, Google Executive has suggested that Instagram and TikTok are eating into Google's core products like search and maps. Apparently, you know, this was, I don't know, some conversation at a conference that was captured. We keep learning over and over again that new internet users don't have the expectations and the mindset that we have become accustomed to. The queries they ask are completely different. They don't tend to type in keywords, but look to discover content in new, more immersive ways. In our studies, something like almost 40% of young people, when they're looking for a place for lunch, they don't go to Google Maps or search. They go to TikTok or Instagram. I don't even, where do you even start on TikTok looking for a place for lunch? Uh, how does that, how would there, you? There's a search bar. So can I geolocate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then. Uh, hashtag food or hashtag restaurant or. Yeah. Restaurants nearby or something. And then I'm guessing they would just recommend. TikToks that's reviews of restaurants. Well, you know, the thing about it is I understand the immersive part. Like if Google could do a job where I'm on maps or I'm in Google search and I'm looking for a place to eat and all of a sudden I'm seeing people who have been there recently, like they were there hours ago and and they were having a good time and they enjoyed their dish. I think the difference is that um, it's the video. Absolutely. Like reading it, you know. I completely agree. Food and people interact with the food, which is why they they keep using the word immersive for sure. It's yeah. it's easier to consume quicker and and easier to relate to. You you see a face, a person talking. Like, oh, okay, they're the ones who just and what did they order? Yeah. You're intrigued and everything else. 
but it does seem convoluted. I feel like I'm going to spend more time. All of a sudden, four hours went by and I didn't eat lunch. Yeah, yeah. I was just scrolling what people were eating nearby or yeah. something. But that's that's your lunch. But part of it, I think, is also just habit. When you find whatever your optimal content consumption habit is, you just almost automatically click on these apps without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's just your default. Like, scroll, 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 swipe. Click. Bang. And you're in there, and then that becomes your universe in which you do things. It becomes your utility. It becomes your operating system of sorts. It's where you... Which is why they all try to do everything, like messaging and shopping, because, hey, you're in here anyways, and you don't want to get out. Uh, The figure is a bit shocking, though. Google confirmed that uh, the comments are based on internal research of U.S. users aged 18 to 24. So that's a group they're talking about, not old men like us will. The data has not yet been made public, um, but may later be added to Google's competition site alongside other stats like how 55% of product searches now begin on Amazon, for example. That's a good example. You're used to shopping on Amazon, and in many cases, once the habit is built up, you don't even think about going to Google anymore. You just check Amazon first. Mm-hmm. The shipping is so good. Whether it's accurate or not. Exactly. Yeah. You just, it's a habit, and it's hard to break mm-hmm. those habits. So, you guys got to let me know down in the comments if you've ever had a, an amazing restaurant recommendation via TikTok. That's what I want to know. This one was making waves today, BMW, to start selling heated seat subscriptions. This even got a reaction from Vint. What did he, <laughs> what did he say? He said, ugh. <laughs> he was That's not a massive reaction. From him? Yes. He did not like this. He doesn't even have a BMW, though. No, no. No BMW. Um, no skin in the game, but just forecasting for the future. Yes. Old man, man, old man Vin, Rip Van Winkle over there. The auto industry is racing towards a future full of microtransactions. $18 a month to power that heated. People just hate this. People, this just really bugs people to know that you have, that the expense of installing the hardware to perform the task is, it's in there. It's already been paid for but that there's a software lock that is in between me and using that feature, which was installed. Mm-hmm. It exists elsewhere. It's existed forever. I mean, in games, forget about it. In games. It's all over the place. People have had to adjust. It's like, okay, you want to unlock this section or this outfit? Or here you go. And it's in there. It's in the game. Yeah, digital. But it's all digital. The game is digital, and then the microtransaction is also uh-huh. What's weird about this is you have these coils sitting in your seat capable of heating you up and even a button for it on the dash. Yes. And, so- and, and But since it's software, because it's probably a touchscreen, they say, maybe we can microtransact that. Yeah. But I'm here to say, maybe it's not as bad as it sounds. No. Because I started thinking about, okay, now this is for, for, for sure this is not for me. I don't want a subscription for my heated seats, but Uh I started thinking about self-driving on Tesla and how in my travels, as I ask people, how are you spec your, how are you going to spec your Tesla? So many people have not been interested in self-driving at the current 
upfront cost. But they have said, if I want it in the future, I'll just get the subscription. Mm. Have you ever heard this from people? Yeah, I would try it. See, that's what, subscription. I, that's what I'm saying. And everyone seems fine with it. So it's, 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 there's a strange psychology there where uh, people are take comfort in the fact that they can subscribe to certain things. I think because there is technically control there in a way. Whether you can buy it for a hundred bucks a month, the self-driving, but you can turn it off in the month after. I know, but that's the exact same thing with these heated seats. Um, I think the heated seats are a bit more offensive because the physical (laughs) components are in there. The self-driving components are in there. The self-driving components are in there too. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but anyway, it's. I think it's when you have an expenditure, basically people are trying to budget the expenditure, which is fine. Yeah. And in BMW's case, I know this. It, I, I, why have I taken the position of defending this? This is crazy. Like, I do not like this at all. But I'm just going to, I feel the need to showcase what's really going on. You can buy unlimited heated seats, which is the old way you would have added heated seats as a line option on your vehicle for $415. Oh, okay. You can still do it, but maybe you're not sure if you'll ever use it. Maybe you're in a climate where you would never use a heated seat. It's hot all the time. Right. Or something like this. Well, then you have the $18 a month or not at all. Or you can have a year for $180 or three years for $300 if maybe you have a lease on the car. These are options for you. But I do agree it opens the door to some pretty strange reality in which Driving could become such a nuisance and headache when you go to hit a feature and then it's a pop-up. That'll be $4. That'll be uh-huh. $0.70. Cents. It's, a, it's a terrifying proposal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying to drive as well at that moment. Like uh, launching your Plaid. Imagine every single time it's like 5 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know? You want to do that again? Every time you want to use the nav, or you can imagine it's like you, a oh, carnival ride. Oh, you want to turn you want to turn the volume up to ten? No, no, no. That last use notch, that base. No, 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 no. That last notch is going to cost you five. Uh-huh. Uh, you can imagine it gets pretty wild. Uh, and BMW is not the only one interested in something like this. By the way, just to cl- uh, finish up the BMW thing, though, the company's UK, uh, UK digital store. Includes costs for heated steering wheels, $12 a month. Uh, recording footage from the cameras, which are already installed in your car, 235 for unlimited use. And there's an Iconic Sounds sports package so that your car can play the engine sounds uh-huh. for 117 Right. Now, Volkswagen is obviously inspired here. They're probably working on this even beforehand. But pay-as-you-go autonomy rather than a monthly subscription, let's say, to self-driving, they imagine a future in which you might only need like 50 miles during a road trip of autonomous driving where you need to relax. And it might be a thing you use very infrequently around town, but then once or twice a month you want to use it. So they would imagine a prompt that would come on screen once you hit the freeway or you put in the nav for a long distance and they would say, hey. At, in this portion. Do you want autonomous for the next 50 miles? Yeah. 
and you would click okay and it would cost you a few dollars right kind of like when you go on a toll road or uh -huh. highway uh-huh so you have no upfront it's not a a line or an option on your order form but you're moving you're moving along in the highway and your prompt comes up this is still distracting to me i still would rather just have it but now you see what's going on and and you can imagine how attractive that would be to people who didn't pay for it up front but let's say we get to full autonomy where you can take a nap and the prompt comes on and it goes fancy and would you fancy a nap right now yeah for the next 50 miles a quick would you, would you like to have a 15 minute nap right now yeah give me it i'll take it Whatever. oh you're I'll paying yeah, you're yeah. paying in that moment first class <laughs> oh, it's gonna be really interesting to see this entire transition from as cars become complete technology products and all the ways in which they can interact and interface with us and do preemptive things mm -hmm. and what we're willing to accept from this standpoint from a user experience are you you're also terrified I think that there's also going to be people who are going to hack it. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, for sure. You're going to just pull your car into a shop, but then you won't be able to get the the next updates, and those companies have yeah, incredible programmers as well. And you got people on the street running old Tesla software yeah. on purpose, and then cars crash, and then you're held oh, liable. Yeah. It seems... It's not like hacking something that doesn't... <laughs> Does it's not it like, like rooting your end? No, this thing <laughs> rolls around the street and could run into something. Yeah. And it's worth a lot of money. So I don't know how many people are going to be ballsy enough to do that, unlock all those things. Yeah. But for sure it'll happen, mm -hmm. even still. Uh, speaking of cars, one of the things, one of my, uh, one of the things I wish that I could do in the Tesla is run Android Auto. Or Apple CarPlay, and you can't. It's got its own interface. It's a good interface, but sometimes you just want to have your phone on your screen completely. Sure. Uh, well, Lucid, the Lucid Air, uh, apparently is actually going to enable this, even though they have their whole own custom thing, just like Tesla. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're going to give you the option. And we have a little demo of what that will look like. It's not really formatted perfectly for the shape of the screen in the Lucid Air. And uh, by the way, this story is on Inside EVs. Apple CarPlay seen running on Lucid Air screen at test drive event. So it's going to be some kind of a major update for the, their interface. Uh, which will be another option compared to their proprietary infotainment system. It'll 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 be capable of uh, Android Auto, I believe, as well. But it's being shown off right now with Apple CarPlay. And this was posted on Reddit. It's just an image at the moment. Uh, my delivery person at the service center said that CarPlay should be in the next major update. Major updates are released once per quarter, so sometime soon, likely in a couple of months. And so, unlike Tesla, they're not taking a hard stance on your ability to run software from your major uh, smartphone provider. But you, as you can tell, it's a little ugly looking because it doesn't just isn't formatted correctly. Yeah. Because the display in the air, it's, it's a sort of custom shape. Go ahead, Will. Would you be okay with this? 
Well, the thing is that there's there are advantages to running uh, Android Auto or CarPlay, like little little nuances, things that I notice that some apps, for example, that I think are better, sound better, as opposed to strictly over Bluetooth or something. Now, there's obviously wireless. Mm -hmm. There's a comparison there between wireless Android Auto and Android Auto with a cable. Uh, phone calls seem to function better than just strictly over Bluetooth. And if you're used to Android Auto, Auto, then, you know, it's much easier for you to navigate, I guess. It's all, it's just all right there. Oh, and I'm missing the best part that I use every single time I'm in the car, which is Google Assistant. Right. Every time I'm in the car, I use it. Now, could you use Google Assistant just with your phone sitting next to you? Sure. But when it's coming through the car audio system, I'll just ask questions sometimes, Will. Me and the kids would just ask questions. We just would see a sign or uh, some kind of trivia, some kind of, it's crazy the way we use it. It's so entertaining. Sometimes I'll, this is no word of a lie. If I got to go on a long drive or something, there'll be times where I would just be asking assistant, just uh, talking to assistant. Uh, I'll just be saying, hey, what about this? Yeah. What about that? Like, And I'm talking about trivia style questions of about a particular city or about a particular building or uh, some sort of a trade or deal that happened in us or or the results of a, a sporting event you'd be amazed man you can kill time doing this stuff mm -hmm. through your car audio system very seamless and there's no substitute for assistant at the moment not in any car that i've tried mm. so that's my argument for you know what i think would end up happening at first i'd be like this is so ugly but then i would use it because i will want my assistant back so badly sure. so i'd end up using it but that's me it's not for everybody that's me uh, Amazon apparently handed over some ring footage to police without consent from the user. Uh-oh. Uh, ring doorbell footage was sent to law enforcement 11 times this year without the user's permission. You have uh, the video doorbell going on as, as well, right? Hmm. Not ring. No, but you, you're recording video over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now... If you found out that your video footage had been sent to law enforcement, you're not sure what it was or when it was, would you be concerned? Um, yeah. I feel like it's sort of uh, breaking a law. Now, what if there was an emergency situation that was witnessed on there and the sharing of that footage in a timely manner could actually help to save somebody's life timely that's right and uh they can't call me first ring has said before it will not share customer information with police without consent a warrant or due to an ex exigent exigent i've never seen that word i'm guessing that means something uh immediate uh -huh. emergency circumstance the 11 videos shared this year fell under the emergency provision amazon's letter said so the 11 times it we went through they it was considered an emergency i don't know who's judging uh, what algorithms are able to spot and send emergency scenarios with geo data it's really curious mm -hmm. in uh -huh. such cases 
Ring reserves the right to respond immediately to urgent law enforcement requests for information, adding the company makes a determination as to when to share video footage without user consent based on information provided to it in an emergency request form and circumstances described by law enforcement. Like, I don't know, what if, uh, what if, for example, a, a child was abducted in that region and you, on your footage, unknowingly could have captured the event taking place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ring was notified of the location of the abduction and your footage was used to help apprehend. I mean, still, I guess you could know. I don't know why. I don't know why you should. You should still be notified, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that would solve the problem. Just notify the person. But then once they've notified you, I guess you could cause a ruckus. You yeah. could be one of the types that's like, nope, sorry, uh-huh. can't have it. Or well, in this case, I wouldn't. But but you understand where I'm going here. Uh, yeah. They're saying that the the greater good. But it's a, it's a, it's a real gray area as far as I can. I'm just trying to paint the picture of, of how they could justify it. That's all I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's what I do. Uh, Peloton is, or Peloton is no longer going to make their own hardware. They've been having some problems, some, some trouble. Um, you know, COVID, the demand was bananas and they did the treadmills and they had some bad press. Uh, and then they had too much inventory and then, Hey, Apple, do you want to buy us? And Apple's like, nah, we're good. Uh, and it's been tough for them to manage. Hardware is a crazy business. Big hardware, too. Treadmills and bikes and uh-huh. subscriptions and so forth. Well, one way they could simplify, they will be simplifying their business model, is to get away from producing the hardware themselves and instead turning to the companies that create hardware for companies like Apple, companies like Quanta and Pegatron. That Quanta and Pegatron, the same guys who are making your MacBook, could be making your next Peloton device. Hmm. Uh, they've given up on looking for a big-time investor. They originally, I guess, were looking for some somebody to take around 20% of the company. Uh, Apple was being rumored as a potential to buy them, but they had their own fitness product at the time, subscription product, Apple Fitness Plus. Uh, maybe another thing that happens here because they did have difficulty with that treadmill uh, that this is it provides it puts a little distance or possibly brings hardware expertise engineering mm. just just more people in the mix and different liabilities too possibly over who manufactured I don't know how all that works but we'll see what happens with them uh, this is the last one. Apple and Johnny Ive are completely over now. Oh. They were, obviously, there was some distance there, but they had an ongoing working relationship. Ive had started his new firm, From Love. Is that what it's called? Yes. And they had a contract. The, the, the report was $100 million. Apple signed a contract at the time with Ive valued north of $100 million. And it restricted Mr. I from taking on work that Apple found competitive. It's a big, that's a big figure uh. for Mr. I. 
I mean, he's earned it, I think. No, but the but to them, it was not just a payment, but also, hey, don't go making iPhones yeah. for anybody else. Some restrictions. Don't go making... You best not be walking your butt over there to Samsung or something. Goes to nothing? Or, yeah, best not be doing that. But I guess all that came up. Like, the contract ended three years later, and they're not going to renew. In recent weeks, with the contract coming up for renewal, the parties agreed not to extend it. Some Apple executives had questioned how much the company was paying Mr. Ive and had grown frustrated after several of its designers left to join Mr. Ive's firm. Ooh. Oh. Poaching our talent, are you? And Mr. Ive wanted the freedom to take on clients without needing Apple's clearance. He said, why shouldn't I be able to go design some phone over here? Why shouldn't I? Yeah, I bet you his phone's kind of off the hook over there. A lot of people want to talk to Mr. Ive, don't they? Mm, I think so. Hey, can you make my thing? Uh, apparently, Love From will keep working with Airbnb and Ferrari. How about those for some clients? Keep working with Airbnb and Ferrari and probably an even bigger list of clients, current clients, potential clients. Who knows now? Now that this deal is over with Apple, you can see some Apple-esque design coming to a tech company near you. Now that Johnny Ive is completely a free agent mm -hmm. in 2022. Thank you very much to everybody who joined here today. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat. Thank you very much to everybody that gave a super chat. Uh, thank you to everybody who left a comment or watched this after the fact. Yes, this broadcast was live for those of you that have questioned such things in the past. It is 5.37 p.m. Wednesday, July 13th in the Eastern Standard Time. How about that for proof? I'm going to continue sipping this coffee and we're getting back in the habit. Thanks.